Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon and special guest. Brandon and special guest, how are you? Josh, I'm fantastic. And I mean, we're recording this on Sunday, hours after the England-Italy Euro final. And now more than ever, I think the world is ready to uh, move past the Euros and on to FPL. We're here outside to... of Italy, I guess, specifically. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're Italian, and you want to revel a little bit. Sure. I'm not going to tell you not to. Um, but now is the time to remember that fantasy football, a new season is coming. It is time to make fantasy fun again. And Josh, you and I could have thought of no better way to make fantasy fun again than by having our good friend Eric Freeman on this week's pod in which we're going to talk about our tips and insights and just great ways to win and have fun at FPL. So, Eric. Big welcome to you to this week's Always Cheating. What's up, guys? Oh, man, I am so excited to be back because, uh, one, it confirms that I didn't completely screw up <laughs> the first time that uh, Josh invited me on as guest. Uh, but, but two, I mean, this is the sequel. And so we have all the potential in the world to be the next Empire Strikes Back right now. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I hope we don't yeah. cut off your hand at the end of this podcast. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Eric, oh, Brendan, <laughs> I, I forgot actually that, and, and, and we, I don't want to go down this road because it's a dangerous road to go on, but, but Brendan, you may know that Eric has uh, wildly divergent ideas about the best Star Wars movies uh, than we do. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Much All more right. pro, pro, prequel than we are. Rogue One is the best. We're not going <laughs> to talk about Gareth Southgate on this episode, nor are we going to talk about The Phantom Menace. Uh, but <laughs> a, a quick recap on where we left off after A New Hope. Um, you probably know Eric from his glorious GIF-filled Twitter feed, er, at Eric D. Freeman. Uh, you just bring a slice of joy to the fantasy community. You're based in our home state. Josh and I share the home state of Michigan. That's where you are, Eric. What's your relationship with FPL and how did you get involved in the community? Yeah, so um, I've been a football fan for, I don't know, about 12, 14 years, somewhere around there. Uh, got into it when I was in college and was really the only person I knew who who watched it. Um, like a lot of Americans, I just kind of got into it because of FIFA um, and gaming. Um, and as I started paying more attention, I discovered that there was a fantasy game tried playing it for a year, basically created a zombie team and gave up because nobody else was playing it. And then I discovered the FPL community on Twitter. And I had a year where I had a lot of time on my hands and tried it again. And for the last, I don't know, five seasons, mm -hmm. I've been doing really terrible at it. And it's been great. <laughs> it's yeah. been great. Was this, so when you had the time in your hands, was this when you were, because you know, I am sort of, um, I, I think ultimately this is a, a good thing, but I when you came on the podcast last time, I, I think I sort of outed you as a pastor. I don't yep. think that was common knowledge uh, until that podcast. So when you had the time on your hands, uh, was this when you were in seminary school and you should have been 
I had actually the- just I just graduated <laughs> from seminary and okay. I was in kind of an internship residency type of deal and I didn't have a whole lot of work to do. And uh, I played fantasy sports all my life and, uh, and was in all of them already and just needed one more to fill the time. And uh, FPL came in and then FPL came, became all. Yeah, so. that's kind of where I am too. I, I briefly like was like, you know, maybe I'll do NFL fantasy this year. And then I was like, what what am I thinking? Like that is that is absolute insanity. because mm-hmm. uh, the FPL is such an all-in game. In fact, that is it really ties in with the theme of this week's podcast, which is um, Brandon, we've done 10 tips yeah. many, many years in a row. Yeah. This time, fresh, clean, we we threw out the old tips. Okay. Completely new, completely different advice this season. <laughs> this year, Brandon, we've tripled it plus one. Yeah. We have 31 tips for yeah. winning FPL this season and making fantasy fun again. And when I say winning FPL, I don't mean playing winning FPL, Brandon, like playing winning poker or something like that. <laughs> I mean finishing number one overall yeah. this season. That yeah. is the goal. However ridiculous that may sound, the goal of the season, I want to win the whole damn thing. And so that's what the the advice is. Yeah, exactly. So the advice is, is there's a, it's going to be a basically like a two part podcast. The first podcast, the first section of the podcast is advice for, for winning, for playing, winning fantasy premier league. And the second part of it is about making fantasy fun again, which is basically if you're doing well, it's pretty easy to have fun. If you're not, or if you're in a bad game week, it can be more of a struggle and there's just a lot of different like sort of pieces of advice, things that you and I have really focused on over the years in order to make sure that we're having fun the entire season and not sort of getting completely burned out by October or just honestly not having enough fun that we just kind of drop out, right? Because, you know, maybe we don't have enough people who are uh, engaged in our mini league or something like that, or we don't have a little community where we can talk about this stuff. It's just very hard to keep having fun in fantasy unless you have people to bounce off of. And, yeah. you know, and so I think that's, so we'll, we'll talk a lot about that in the second half of the podcast. So, um, so Euro 2020, I don't think we should even get into it at all because I just think <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, I was saying to you guys before we started podcasting, it's like quicksand. Once we start talking about that, uh, we're going to, we'd spend way too long at it. And honestly, there's gonna be so much Euro 2020 content this week that if you are yeah. a, an English fan who just wants to feel bad, you, there's gonna be like 40 hours yeah. of stuff that you can listen to. Uh, and we don't need to contribute to that. I will say though, Josh, to Euro 2020, uh, and I think we all agree that this tournament exceeded all expectations and was just mm-hmm. a genuine joy to watch. And Eric, I saw on your Twitter, you had said from the American perspective, and I totally felt what you were saying here is this feeling of jealousy as US football fans. Uh, not having our team involved in this tournament. Like it was just like the, the competition, the level of play and just so many great storylines. It really would have been fun to see our, our boys in it. So we look forward to thrashing the Italians and the English in Qatar uh, in the next world yeah. cup. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about uh, moving to 32 teams next year. So like, maybe we'll just get in, like maybe like, like we're part of NATO, you know, so maybe like that'll get us like a back door into yeah. uh, the G8 current... uh, tournament. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So just a couple quick notes. Uh, we're going to get right. We're going to actually go through all 31 tips in this week's pod. So uh, I don't want to uh, dilly dally Brandon to use sure. a, a phrase that you, that you love. And yeah. I coined it. Often. I think. At some point. Yeah. You coined it. Yeah. A uh, couple quick notes. Uh, one is we have a one, thousand dollar 1000 pound i should say brian 1000 pound giveaway for the always cheating super league this year i hope those 
I hope my pea shield, Brandon, was was capturing all those pot peas. Uh, one thousand pound prize uh, for the winner of the Always Trading Super League. That is courtesy of our friends at Fantasy Football Hub. We'll talk about them more later on in the pod. But if you want to be eligible for that prize, you just need to become a free or paying member uh, of the hub prior to the season starting. So uh, go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk/slash/always and you can join. Uh, you can become a member or you can just join for free. Either way is uh, completely up to you. Uh, and also, of course, you want to make sure you join um, the Always Trading Super League as well. Links are on our website and social media and lots of other places. Patreon. Throwing this, I'm, I'm just throwing all this stuff out right at the top here. Let's Brandon. get all the housekeeping done, Josh. Listen to, clear yeah, the lane. Exactly. Clear the lane it's for the ridiculous FPL ridiculous to say if you want to say thanks. If you want to say thanks when we haven't even started the podcast, what are you even saying thank you for? I get that. I get that. But just keep in the back of your head, if you enjoy this podcast and then then therefore want to say thanks, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. The extra podcast return this week. We have our new Dean's List Manager of the Month Award. We have a brand new custom Always Cheating t-shirt. Uh, you may have seen that. We posted on social media. We did a little uh, – little, uh, little, uh, test to see what colors people like the most and uh, a lot of yeah. lot of debate on that so yeah. we'll it's, it's always that. whenever we do yep. that the people don't like the shirt that ultimately we like the best so um <laughs> sometimes you <laughs> shoot true. yourself on the foot when you give the power to That's the people <laughs> gave them too many options yeah so uh we're giving that away that that will also be free for everyone including current patrons at the volkswagen and producer tiers um that's our, our make fantasy fun again shirt for this current season uh and uh, we'll do a weekend review newsletter lots of other stuff too so uh patreon.com slash always cheating quick shout out to our newest patrons uh new do two new producer patrons this week brandon jesse halstead and uh lazaros uh yanos I think mm-hmm. I've got that right. I, I I wrote it out phonetically here, Brandon. Lazarus Yanos uh, and uh, Lord Soloth. We have uh, Liam, Yuri Lilja, Ethan, Alex Shepard, and James Entwistle. So thank you to all of our new patrons yeah. this week. Yeah, and uh, Eric, you are a Patreon supporter of Always Cheating, among among other things. And uh, you, you, you feel like you get your money's worth there? Oh, totally. It's a great deal. Uh, but I just want to draw, you know, we've been talking about the great, names that we've had yeah. uh joining this patreon team yeah. and i would just draw attention to uh, james entwistle that is a very jrr tolkien-esque <laughs> last name right there the entwistle <laughs> isn't that isn't that isn't is it is it john entwistle is that the basis for the who i think that's uh that's yeah you're you're barking up the wrong crowd here josh but i i think one of the main benefits to being on patreon is to be in the company of such great named people that's true <laughs> there that's you true. go well i mean who, who can forget the newest one uh granite uh, zone one you love brandon the uh, granite zone granite, granite zone. zone exactly <laughs> all right so uh on that note i don't want to get too bogged down here we'll take a break we'll get back and we're going to talk about 31 tips for winning fpl this season and making fantasy fun again all right we're back as i noted at the top of the pod this podcast is broken up into two sections section one is how to win fpl this season section two is how to make fantasy fun again section one we kick things off and the first one okay we're just going to go through all of these all right mm-hmm. this is like a lightning round of tips brandon <laughs> mm-hmm. brandon mm-hmm. And, and eric that we're going to go through here uh and the first one comes from me uh because i uh this is a very important tip for me i did what the the meet the manager series with uh with with joe from fantasy Football scout um a couple of years ago and this was like as i was like prepping for that because I was, I was slightly nervous and i uh, had the like imposter syndrome feeling you know we all, we all know that feeling well i'm sure um i was like i need like one piece of really solid advice that i can bring to this pot that i can bring to this conversation and my advice was to get in early 
one or two weeks ahead on high performing, low ownership players. So like maybe my single biggest piece of advice for mini leagues and overall rank success. It's the one that many people struggle with the most. And what I mean by that is basically if someone explodes, you transfer them in right away. And you don't wait to see if it's going to last. You don't wait to see if it's a blip. You trust your instincts. And if your instincts tell you that this is a player who's about to go off, you've got to bring them in right away. And this is something like Stuart Dallas early last season when it seemed like he was starting to, not even when he was out of position, but just the, the way he had kind of a free role in that attack. And he was available for 4.5 million as defender. You know, everyone will get on these players eventually. If a player is doing well, his ownership is going to go from 5, 10, 20, 30, 40%. Everyone, you know, this is not like a draft style game, right? In a draft game, it doesn't matter. Well, once you've got them, you've got them. But in a in a in a game like ours, um, everyone can get your player when they're doing well. And so you have to get one or two weeks ahead. And if you can consistently get one or two weeks ahead of everyone else buying in that player, that to me is the single best way to win your mini leagues this season. Yeah, I think there's something else to this tip, Josh, where there's a tendency for managers to count transfers to say, oh, maybe it was just a blip for this player. So I'm not going to take a risk on them because if I transfer them in and then have to transfer them out, that's effectively two transfers on one player. But I think the way you look at this in a positive way is you take a punt, you bring in this exploding player. And if it doesn't work, don't then think about what it costs to transfer them out Think about what another player who you would then bring in to replace. So I think that I have to reprogram my brain a little bit to not constantly be thinking about who am I going to get rid of, but who do I want to bring in? So if you're bringing in some volatile assets, that's not necessarily a risky thing because there are always going to be other volatile or good assets that you can bring in to replace the ones that don't work out. Wow, I'm just going from volatility to volatility. That actually sounds, Eric, like your speed right there. Volatility to volatility. That seems like that's your zone. That is my jet stream right there. Yep. <laughs> Um, well, I, I just, you know, I, maybe that seems like a very simple piece of advice, but I, I, I think when you actually start to play the game, it is surprisingly difficult. Um, you see somebody do well and you just don't know if you can trust that they're worth it. You know, it's, it, you know, and I think this is especially with, 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 uh, promoted teams where you're like, I just don't know, you know, is Timu Puki, is he going to, is it going to last, you know, is he going to hold on? Um, and I think it's, it's usually worth the transfer, especially because, uh, even if it doesn't last long term, you're, you're really just trying to look two or three, four weeks ahead and um, and just, you know, get on a form player early. And, um, you know, a lot of times uh, players who had good form in the championship at the end of the season, it carries over into next season, um, at least for a little a little while. Uh, we yeah. saw this with Pookie a couple of years ago where he started strong and and, uh, you know, really fell off. But he really did start hot in the season. And I think that's one reason why people are really excited about Ivan Tony uh, going into this year. So that's piece of advice number one. Brent, I guess I'm not going to number these as we go because that might get kind of tedious. But let's go into number two, which is, Brent, something you and I have talked about already. you want to read this one off? Yeah, tabula rasa. Let me define tabula rasa for everyone out there. What does that mean? What this means is people aren't just born fully formed with, uh, with a thought process, <laughs> a reasoning, a history in their brain. It has to be created. And... Our understanding of our world, our understanding of FPL comes from experience. And what are we about to experience in this coming season? Tabula rasa this season. What's the current season telling us if you went into it with no previous 
knowledge. So what I always think about at the end of a season is, wow, this is a real shame. I spent 38 game weeks learning how to play this season, and I usually finally just figure it out going into game week 38. And it bums me out that that we totally wiped the slate clean going into a fresh season. But as you're saying here in the tabula rasa point, Josh, this is actually a boon. We can can get rid of any preconceived notions or biases. Or we can try anyway. And now we look to what is the new season going to tell us? And as we understand it, as we build that that um, that story, that's how we're going to then go forth and play FPL. Did I get that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I think that we just I think we go into the season a lot of times with, with I, I think it often skews negative, although it can, I think it can skew the other way, too. And I have a, a, a bring Eric into this in a second here, because, yeah, I think what often happens is you sort of you have a you think you have a read on what a player is like, you know, you, you like you, you have, have seen. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example here, but you've seen somebody who is underperformed for two seasons in a row. Jesse Lingard might be an example here, right? You've seen Jesse Lingard. You know Jesse Lingard. You don't want to bring in Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard moves to West Ham. Jesse Lingard starts performing incredibly well, but you know that Jesse Lingard is not a great fantasy asset. You know it in your heart, and you're not letting the season tell you the story of that particular season which is that this season at this moment in time, Jesse Lingard is doing really well and he's a great fantasy asset and he's super cheap and you should just bring him in and you can't let your biases, you know, get in the way of that sometimes. And I think that's something that, that a lot of us really struggle with. And I, the way I think that it can move the other way too, is if you bring knowledge, like when a player gets transferred from another league, I think sometimes that is something that can hurt you as well a little bit. And I know Eric, I feel like, as somebody you follow the Bundesliga pretty closely. And mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes when a player joins from the Bundesliga, I suspect that you have pretty strong feelings about some of those players. And maybe it's hard to, to get that out of your system a little bit. Right. And not sort of look at them as a premier league player. Yeah. I, I actually feel like I'm an apologist for, for the other side of the argument though. In when it comes from, uh, for, when a player jumps from the Bundesliga to the premier league, I'm the one reminding people, this is not, that good of a league. Like it's exciting. (laughs) I think it's the most exciting league in the world, but defensively it is not a good league at all. And so, you know, um, my favorite player in the world, Sebastian Allaire, um, when he moved to the premier league, I was out there with a very thorough scouting thread on Twitter. And I told everybody everything they needed to know about him. And then I finished it with saying, and I don't think he's going to do well. (laughs) <laughs> uh, because because the recipe just you wasn't it, you buried it as the 18th tweet though you know <laughs> well yeah. i did i got everybody really excited um and, and then told people not to buy him but when we look at a player like Jaden sancho too um i have worries i think that a lot of the things that frustrate people about you know what we've seen with raheem sterling we're going to see a lot of those same frustrations with Jaden sancho as he tries to adapt to the league and so uh I'll, you know that's we can leave that aside whether or not it happens but it's just a good reminder that like it's a different league it's a different style and you've you've got to not assume that uh, a player who just was amazing in one place or one team that he switches to a different system or a different league that he's going to replicate his his prior form 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you look at uh, Timo Werner last season and I, and I know that Timo Werner probably should have had a much better fantasy season than he actually had. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, just, you know, unusually unlucky, I think. Um, I think it's fair to say. And uh, but also, I mean, pretty clear that he got in his own head at some point and really kind of was not playing as the player that that I think all three of us think he can be, you know? Um, and I think a lot of that can just be chalked onto that transition that you're talking about. So, um, yeah. So again, just look at what the current season is telling you and try to, and try not to bring too much, you know, to the table. I and mean, of course, like your experience, you know, if, if you, if you played fantasy for many years, that that's going to inform your decisions a little bit. Uh, but I think you can, you can, you, people tend to go too far with it, I think. So, uh, that actually ties in, I think with number three, Brandon, which yeah. is, uh, I, I call it the Brandon Kelly tip, yeah. uh, which is, I'm just going to shorten it to don't be too pessimistic. Yeah. Yeah. This is something, Josh, you kept telling me last season as I was kind of uh, struggling in the mire of mid table FPL. I was bringing too much pessimism and not enough optimism. We'll keep coming back to Jesse Lingard. I mean, Jesse Lingard, what a great FPL manager fable we were given by last season. I think he he really instructs a lot of this FPL sort of optimistic thinking. And when Uh, Lingard goes to West Ham, there was a certain optimistic thread of thinking that, hey, this could be a new opportunity for him, which then goes farther when Lingard basically starts performing as an FPL asset from, you know, match week one, uh, where he starts for West Ham. And I just still couldn't believe it because I was being too pessimistic and I was being too stubborn. I had not uh, considered a tabula rasa sort of situation, but also, um, there, there is this way of thinking where I, I am, I am guilty of it more than anyone. Of tr- the outcome that I'm most likely to predict is something not happening, and I want to get into a mode in FPL <laughs> where I want, I want to predict things that would be cool to happen, or that might that 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 will happen as opposed to not happen, right? I, th- I think there are some people who love the scrappy players and hate the flare players. And I, I think, Brennan, you're very much the opposite where you love a flare player like yeah. you like like a like a Lacazette, like a player who looks beautiful yeah. even when he's not mm-hmm. playing well is really uh, like you're, you're, you, 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 you somehow you end up owning them like four times a season. And yeah. it's it's the like gritty grinders. Those are the ones that you like can't stand and like rarely want to have in your squad. I feel like. I don't I don't want to turn this into a class issue, Josh. I don't want to go there. But yeah, I mean, is there a, is there a particular <laughs> play style that is a trap for you eric where you see a player um sort of cuts the certain figure plays a certain way and you don't want to have anything to do with them maybe not so much a certain player i i think the way that this applies to me is i get too stubborn about my uh my preseason template uh so whatever team i start with game one i get really pessimistic about every player i don't have in my game yeah. one because i've because i've argued for weeks with myself in my inner monologue about why I shouldn't own that player. And so when they start doing really well in game week one, two, three, like I'm saying it won't last. It won't last because I've already convinced myself that it won't last. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I that is actually, I mean, it ties in with the, with a tip later on this, um, later on here, but I, I think this is where it can be really dangerous t- to start putting together a template too early, you know, because, uh, I think you can sort of, you get locked in a little late. It's almost, it's almost better to start putting that template, put, put, start putting the game one team together, like three days before the season starts, uh, you know, so that you just, you're not too committed to any one particular player. I mean, it's a kind of a dangerous strategy, uh, in its own right. All right. Tip number four, Eric comes from you. 
Uh, do you want to just read it off here? Yeah. Uh, so tip number four, be patient with players who have earned your patience. And so this was something that I discovered after a couple of seasons is that I got really caught in the uh, in, in the hamster wheel of constantly trying to chase points, uh, going after one player after another who was hauling in uh, double digits uh, week after week and and never catching up to them. And what I ended up noticing is that I was transferring out these really good players uh, for other really good players. And never catching them on the weeks that they would haul. And uh, so this is how I learned it through mistakes. I think that's the best way of learning it. But, uh, you know, let's take Mohamed Salah, for example. This dude's going to average 230 to 275 points every season while we have him there. He's proven 20 goals and eight assists or something like that. Yeah. And he's, he's proven himself reliable. So don't transfer him out. I mean, if he gets injured, sure, but don't transfer him out. Um, maybe there's another exception of double game weeks that come up where he's not in one and you might transfer him out for a short period of time. But for the week in, week grind, this guy, he should be your captain most weeks. And we could say the same maybe for players like Bruno or other players who are proving themselves to be, you know, in my mind, it's if you can, if we can rely on you for 200 points or more in a season, you shouldn't be leaving my team maybe ever mm-hmm, yeah. in, in, in the season. And so a couple of years ago, I created a, um, a strategy that went viral on FBL Twitter called the Lock and Swap Strategy, a, a guide to 2,500 points. And it's on a Fantasy Football Hub, free to read. If anyone wants to do that, I'm re-updating it this season. But basically, it's, it's saying that let's pick you know five, six players who you can rely on for around 200 points or more throughout the season. Lock them in. Don't transfer them out and play the transfer game everywhere else. Now, I know that goes counter to other strategies, like if you follow Late Riser mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, he has the upside chasing style, which is the complete opposite of this. Go for, uh, you know, look at the fixtures, look at the form and predict when those really big points are going to happen and transfer them in and captain them. That works great if you're a genius, uh, but I've learned that I'm not. And so for some of us who aren't smart, uh, we need something to hold us, uh, hold us accountable, something that teaches us discipline and patience if we're just not good at predicting outcomes. And I think that's where trusting the really good players uh, for the length of the season and just keeping them in your team and captaining them frequently, I think that can really pay off. Yeah, Eric, just this is like, I don't know if it's necessarily tied to this, but just something I was thinking about as you were talking. I mean, if you have like, do you have one thing, like one sort of, like one thing that you really want to fix in your game this season, like that you like sort of think, okay, this is the thing that I really want to like, like a, just like a, like a piece of, I, I guess you'd call it strategy, but just a piece of like, kind of like a style that you want to have maybe a little yeah. different this year. I would love to actually follow the strategy guide that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Y- you guys know this and anyone who follows me on Twitter knows this. I, I need this strategy because I have no self-control when it comes to fantasy premier league. Uh, I am captaining like defenders. I've captained a goalkeeper before. I'm playing chips when I shouldn't. And so this strategy is made for people like me who need discipline, who need to hold themselves accountable. But uh, man, there's a cookie in the cookie jar. And sometimes (laughs) I I just want it now. Hence the Uh, term, hence the term full maverick. You know, everybody, everybody loves to go a little maverick from time to time, but but you try not to do the full maverick if at all possible. And that's 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 what Eric has has done a few times. Yeah. Far too often. And I like the way Eric framed it there where you're saying, Eric, we're talking a lot about strategy and ways that we're going to change 
the way we play FPL, but that's going to be tested week in, week out. And we're often not going to follow these strategies um, uh, and we're going to fall back on bad habits. Mm -hmm. And I think that the benefit of us doing a podcast and running through rules like this is like it's a good reminder. It's sort of just like learning a new language and like the more you repeat it, the more you speak it, the more it's going to sink in. So I'm just trying to yeah uh, achieve better habits through talking to you guys about this stuff. Tip number five. Have an actual concrete goal that you're aiming for, an overall rank number or how you want to spend your winnings if you're in a cash league. Uh, this can change later and often does, but it's really helpful to go into the season with a goal to shoot for. Brandon, I call this the uh, the Eames chair tip. Mm-hmm. Okay, I went into last <laughs> season deciding that I was going to buy myself a new Eames chair. And I was going to buy myself a new Eames chair with winnings from my fantasy leagues. And this was a, like a completely stupid, completely arbitrary goal, but I set it in my head going into the season. This is what I was going to do. And now Brendan, I don't organize any of these cash leagues. Of course, this is not, you know, that you're not allowed to. It's not and what so you're I about. Do no. it and that's no, not what I'm about. Exactly. If, if I stumble into one by accident, Right. I just there's a code on the Internet and I click on it that I can't be held accountable for that. So I went into the season. Uh, <laughs> this is like how all great heist films uh, begin is it is a duffel bag of cash just shows up indiscriminately <laughs> in your car trunk or yeah. on your front step. You don't know yeah. how it got there, but you have yeah. to you have to figure out who it belongs to. Exactly. These PayPal's are going to somebody. And as far as I can tell, these are charitable donations. OK, and there are I should get a 501c3 uh, slip at the end of the season. So anyway, my goal going to the last season was that I wanted to take my winnings from these leagues and buy an Amstrad, which is a very uh, nice but expensive chair for anybody who who knows. It's got this little recliner piece that comes with it. It's very nice. Oh, well, you bought a used one, not a new one. Let's 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 clarify there. <laughs> I did buy a used one. I didn't do that well. <laughs> I didn't I didn't do new Eames chair well. <laughs> but but it was just it was I had just picked an arbitrary goal for myself going into the season, and I was like, if I do well, this is what I'm going to do, and it was shocking. Shockingly motivating to me. I'm shocked by how motivated it was for me to actually think about what I was going to do if I won this season. And it really uh, it gave me like a little extra juice, just like personal competitive juice this season, uh, which I think made me play a little better, made me think about my strategy a little bit more. Um, I, it wasn't like an over the top thing where I was like, I mean, because again, it's it an arbitrary thing. It's a team chair. It wasn't like I was like, I'm going to like, you know, pay for my medication or something if I, you know, if I wow. win the yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I want to do this, like this. <laughs> Maybe that was too serious, but it's just like, I, I just want to do some silly arbitrary thing if I win. And I found it very motivating. And so I think, but let's say it's not financial. Let's just say it like, you know, your goal is like a very concrete goal. Like I am going to finish in the top 10 K this season. That is a really strong goal that I've set for myself. I, I really think having a goal like that focuses you and, yeah. and, and sort of, and maybe it's just, I'm going to win a mini league I've never won before, you know, like just whatever it might be. Um, I think it really is useful to have a goal going into the season. Um, that can change, you know, like maybe, um, maybe you do better than you expect. It doesn't always be change in the negative. Right. Yeah. Um, and you, and you recalibrate your goals. Uh, but I do think it's really useful to have a goal. So Brandon, what is your, do you have a concrete goal going into this season? Yeah. My concrete goal is going to be to hit, uh, to finish in the top 10k overall FPL, it's it's the one goal that's eluded me in my FPL career. So that's definitely what I want to achieve, and I, I do want to underline what you were saying, Josh, about the goal. The goals are context related; they can change throughout the season, but I I, I do feel like this is why we see so many FPL managers drop off around the holidays. Is you can set a goal. 
you feel like you're not going to achieve it. And because of that, you just drop off of FPL. You stop playing altogether. And uh, I, th- yeah. I think it's, it's yeah. a warning to managers where you can't set a goal and then become frustrated if you're not achieving it. Um, a, I think you should maybe try harder and and push harder to achieve that goal if if you're <laughs> flagging because it it you know we'll, we'll this is what we always talk about like halfway through the season is wow I'm like a million uh, world ranks away from my goal is it possible for me to make it up the answer is almost always yes halfway through the season you're right. um, yeah and and something that we're gonna to this point talk about later on in the podcast are if you are so far away from the goal you set at the start of the season, there are so many other ways to create um more fun and abstract goals with head to head leagues and mini league rivalries um on the sides um that it is just a very flexible tip and a very personal tip and and I think the thing is here, yes, you want to look at it. In one way, kind of we are in the section of how to win FPL, Josh. So we could look at this goal setting as how to be the best manager you can be. And secondarily, the goal setting is all about um, what do I really want to achieve meaningfully in, in uh, this season as, as a way of enjoying uh, the next nine months. Um, all right. Number six, look at other people's squads like you're staring into the sun if you must look. Take a quick glance and look away. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eric, Eric, how susceptible are you to this? Because you are the full Maverick manager, as we said. So, so I think that less, less than most. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, so susceptible, though. Uh, so it's really just a yo-yo. Most weeks, I look at everybody else uh, posting their teams on Slack or Twitter or wherever, and uh, they're all smarter than me. And so they must be right. And so I've right. got to follow. I, I've got to follow them. And what they're doing. And when it doesn't work because they're not that smart, then I say, I knew it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something completely foolish and triple captain somebody in a single game week uh, against a mediocre fixture. And that guy hasn't made a double digit haul yet this season. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it it's tempting, you know, to change your mind looking at all these other teams. And I, I've definitely fallen for it repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, people often talk about like playing your game, you know, like play your game. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I feel like I have to actually put like I have to put limits on myself, you know, in terms of how many teams I'm going to look at, because I, I, I'm i completely with you there. I Last season, I really stopped looking at anybody else's team. And we have a, um, you know, we have a Slack uh, channel where we, where we do strategy and advice. And that was kind of the, the one place where I looked at people's squads. And it was like surprisingly easy once you get used to it it's uh, you know like you you honestly just don't need to look you don't need to know um and uh i mean you know the, it sort of depends i mean there, there, some people really like it obviously and i don't mean to to impugn that but i i just think that for me personally the more teams i look at the more um the more i'm going to get in my own head and not feel like i'm making my own decisions so um brett i don't have anything you want to add i mean though the, the one positive way you can spin uh taking that glance at other people's teams is like what eric is saying there are managers who think differently than you and so sometimes it's good to be exposed to that other way of thinking oh this manager is considering a player that i hadn't thought of and then then that can get your own wheels turning so you don't want to have the lesson here be that there's only uh there's nothing to be learned from other managers and sometimes looking at their 15 player squads is a way to to learn something 
Number seven, and this actually ties in really well, I think, with the look at other people's squads uh, selectively, which is uh, absorb as much FPL content as you want, but pick just one spot that you're going to trust for strategy advice for strategic <laughs> advice. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, listen to, it's fine if you want to listen to nine FPL podcasts and you want to spend lots of time chatting with people on FPL Twitter and you want to go on Reddit and you want to go on the fantasy well, you know, hub forums and you want to go on our Slack, like, but you can't go to all these places looking for advice. Like it's, it's just too much <laughs> and you're going to get really contradictory advice too. So yeah. you have to pick a couple of specific people that you've decided that you are going to trust. Maybe it changes season to season. I don't know. Like, you know, for me, that has changed for me. There's people I just, I've begun to trust a little bit more, you know, not necessarily because they're doing that well, but just because I like their, like their mind seems to be like in a similar cast as me, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like the Marvel cinematic universe, right? Josh, like there's a new Thor movie coming out and they're saying, well, actually this one is inspired by spaghetti Westerns. Uh, or this Marvel movie is going to be our take on like the Ocean's Eleven something or Rogue One. Eric's favorite Star Wars movie is actually a Star <laughs> Wars take on uh, like the Dirty Dozen. Um, everyone, everything has it is has a different style and something to offer. And I like the idea, Josh, of picking the one content provider that is going to inform you strategically, because personally, I think it's a good goal for you to set at the start of the season is what is going to be your personal play style and then to pick a a strategy site or podcast or Twitter feed that kind of aligns with that style or maybe doesn't align, but uh, um, what's the word sort of uh, a good a good marriage of it complements that type of style. Right, right, uh, and, right. and and I think that's something something to look for is how can you amplify what you're trying to do with your team through through a strategy provider. And then I mean Eric, so when you when you cast about on Twitter, how do you sort of separate the signal from the noise? How do you say, "Oh, this is a piece of advice that I feel is directly applicable to my FPL team versus a piece of advice um, that you just want to not touch?" Yeah. So I think part of it is just, you need to kind of sit in the FPL community for a little while and just to get to know people uh, so that you can figure out where their advice is coming from and what where their strategies are coming from. And what I've found, you know, having been uh, around a lot of people who are playing the game with us for, for a while, um, I'm starting to find people who have similar personalities to me. And I, I think that's actually rather than thinking about where do I go for the stats or where do I go for the best strategy, because maybe there's not a best strategy. There could be several. Maybe instead think about what strategy matches your personality and then find those people with similar personalities. And and I think that's something I want to work on is find what's more natural to me rather than just trying to imitate people who are better at the game than me. I think that's, I think that's totally right. It's a, it's a hugely important thing to, because, you know, there's a person that uh, named uh, Mikkel Takbum who uh, has a, um, he does, does these statistical charts and, um, and I've been uh, following him and, and in fact supporting him on Patreon for um, a couple of years now. And um, I find it very useful to, to look at those charts, but I am not a manager who makes his decisions based on strategy. I'm just not, it's not my, it's not my personality. I can't do it. So I can only, tr- I can only follow him up to a point, you know, um, it's sort of like, it's, it's nice to see the stats and kind of know if what I'm thinking is in line with, with the statistics, you know, it may, it may keep me in check a little bit. Uh, but in general, that's, that, you know, like 
someone like Late Riser actually with the upside trade, that, that's just a little closer to where what I want to be doing, you know, strategically. And so it's a little, I'm more likely to go to a place like that for advice than I am to uh, someone who's a little more stat based because I just know that my brain doesn't kind of work that way, you know, and I won't be happy with my decisions if I, if I, if I base them too much in that. So, all right, let's move on to number eight, possibly a controversial tip. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll see. Uh-huh. But the tip is this. Sometimes this runs counter to what a lot of people say. Sometimes an angry transfer is, in fact, a perfectly fine and valid strategy. Now, let, let me, me see if example. I let me yeah. see if I know where you're <laughs> Go going here, Josh, sure. and then you can give sure. me the example. Is what you're saying sure. here? Angry transfer is just you do you. If it feels right to you in the moment, don't rob yourself of doing precisely what it is that you feel you want to do. Sort of. I, what I'm thinking, like I'm thinking specifically about those times when somebody really lets you down on a Saturday and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to drop him right now. I'm just, I'm just going to get him out of my team this instant because he stinks. I shouldn't have him my team. I've made a big mistake. This guy just keeps blowing chances. I don't want him anymore. I want this other player who seems to do well every week and I don't have him in my team right now. And what I end up usually doing is I think to myself, no, be patient. You know, make sure no one gets injured, you know, wait until Friday to make your transfer, like hold off, you know, and then I don't, don't care about the point, the, the, the price rises, things like that. And I often would have been better served if I had just done the stupid move when I thought about it in the, in the moment, you know, and, and often you're kind of right. Like when you're watching this stuff in real time, you can sort of, sometimes you are right. I mean, yeah, sometimes like, I mean, this, I don't want to, this is not, we're not talking about the players that Eric talked about earlier, right? These like 200 point players, like the players that we kind of know consistently, just, you know, hurricane, most solid, these kind of players don't need to be rage transferred out, obviously, but I'm talking about players more at the margins who I think you can just sort of make a decision. Like, I just don't want him, you know, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to be part of this because if you don't make the move that day, what can often happen is you can start to like turn it around. You soften on them. You start to, you can start to see all the good qualities. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, it's a sound. These are hallmarks <laughs> of an abusive relationship, Josh. <laughs> I know, but sometimes it feels that way a little bit with a, uh, uh, with, with a player who is just, um, who's just, it's really, it's time for them to go, you know? So that's, yeah. 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 What do you, what do you think about that, Eric? Maybe a better way to frame it isn't so much that this is a good FPL strategy because I, I, the, it could backfire. Like the player could get injured or you could, uh, start to like somebody else. The more that you look, the more time that you put in thought, but this is a really good life strategy. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. do not, do not, do not waste your whole week thinking about how you're going to transfer out a player you don't like from your fantasy game. Like <laughs> there's just more important things to do. God, if if you need to transfer the guy out to so that you can move on with life and enjoy your week, do it. That is Otherwise, so, that is so true. I, yeah. How many times have you known exactly the movie you were going to make and you spent 15 hours through that week reading various things that confirmed yeah. the decision that you mm-hmm. already knew you were going to make mm-hmm. uh, five days ago. Yeah, you're right. I want those hours back sometimes. Which takes us beautifully into uh, tip number nine, right, Josh, about set your bus team and remember your yep. instincts and initial thinking. As yes. a reminder to all always cheating listeners, your bus team is at the earliest possible opportunity in the game week, usually after the 
one game link deadline passes and the transfer window for the next game week opens, set your bus team because we never want to end up in a situation where we get hit by a bus. We wake up from our coma and realize, oh, the next game week started and I didn't set my team. And uh, I think FPL Gen- General yeah. has a similar tactic where he writes on a post-it note and sticks it on his uh, computer what he's, what his thinking is early in the week so that when he gets to the game week deadline, he remembers, oh, Actually, early in the week, I was more cogent. Logic um, felt more clear to me. And now at the end of the week, I am just full of all of these other opinions um, from other FPL managers that's influencing what I want to do. So um, setting your bus bus team, setting uh, your goals as early in the week as possible is sometimes the best strategy. Yeah. And for anyone who's near the podcast or who's heard the, the term bus team, but never knew what it meant. That is the actual morbid story behind bus team. It is a team you set in case you get hit by a bus and don't get a chance to do it later in the week. Number 10, underlying stats, fascinating, but often a confirmation bias trap. So Eric, yeah. how are you? How do you feel? But I mean, Eric, I've seen you pull some threads together where you've, uh, you've looked at some, some stats for various players and you know, you've, you've, you've put together a lot of, you know, a lot of data. I mean, do you feel comfortable with stats? Do you sort of dip in and out? What's your, what's your feeling about stats and how they apply to FPL? No, I don't feel comfortable with stats at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I was in a group chat a while ago with some of other FPL players and some of them are like mathematicians, statisticians. And I realized, oh, I have no idea what I'm talking about here. (laughs) <laughs> like, I think I know what XG means or all these other stat, stats and categories, but I have no idea. Um, and, and so the way that I now try to interact with stats, and I've been doing this a lot over the summer uh, with the break, is rather than trying to understand the stats as they come to me in the season, just understand what these stats even mean. And how, like, uh, devoid from the performance in the week or how many points that player scored in FPL or whatever, it, just understand what the stats mean so that when they come up later, um, you might be able to interpret them better. Yeah. I think, I think just knowing what they mean is kind of a useful, like, I mean, it it is useful. I mean, I I talked about, um, well, maybe it's actually kind of a bad example because he, he never really uh, did it, but I, you know, uh, uh, Timo Werner was a player who, um, his, his underlying stats were actually always pretty good the entire season. And it was just sort of, a, he, never, he never quite caught up there. Uh, but in general, if you play the underlying stats game, it it will work out in your favor, right? It is, it is, it is a thing to be knowledgeable about. Uh, but um, yeah, for, for, for people like me and Eric, uh, I think Brandon, you too. Uh, yeah. It can be very dangerous. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's always yeah. fun to to pop in and start looking at some Opta stats, and you know, uh, <laughs> like, hey, like, yeah, let me let me let me see how many like uh, you know touches in the final third X player has. Uh, but I don't often find it to be very like good practical use. Yeah, there's a balance to be achieved where there are players where you're trying to decide between two wingers, and you feel like, you know, I think this winger is on the ball more on the right than the other than the guy who plays on the left. And then you maybe go to the stats charts and they will say, oh, well, actually, it's the opposite. This player has more touches inside the box. It's those uh, I feel like stats are good tiebreakers when you have a very marginal decision to make about, uh, you know, which player from Sheffield United. Maybe I should reference teams that are actually still in the Premier League for for future examples. But um, (laughs) I I like stats for very marginal decisions like that. 
Uh, all right. So that's uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. I mean, all season long in the podcast, we'll, we'll talk about stats and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dip in a little bit, but um, yeah, I think, I think for us, it's, it, we're still kind of, we're, we're in the, uh, we try to trust our instincts a little more. I also just think it's more fun. I mean, we're going to get into the make fantasy fun again section in a minute here, but um, trusting yourself is just more fun. And it's sort of, um, I mean, you know, it, backed by whatever it is that that you use right backed by either stats or backed by eye test or backed by you know just like being like a gambler or casino where you just got a feeling about somebody like whatever whatever it is that makes fantasy fun for you um like just use that style that that's you're gonna have more fun during the season point number 11 and then we're gonna get into some listener advice after that is beware the 4.5 million striker and other non-playing players, but particularly Brandon. I've seen so many teams crash on the shore. So many, so many <laughs> yeah. great FPL squads yeah. have been have been undermined uh, by having this empty 4.5 million striker spot yeah. in their squad. A- every season there is the promise, and Isaac's success is one that always sticks out in my mind from Watford seasons ago, where it's it's typically a 4.5 striker who because of other forwards in the team being injured comes to the four and FPL managers say oh here's a cheap striker who uh who looks like he's going to get minutes I'm bringing him in the end of the story is always 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 that you can't get this player out of your team they don't deliver any points they usually end up not starting a lot of matches and it's a disaster. And just look at last season. Rian Brewster will be one of the all-time legends of this tip. Of Everyone thought, well, Liverpool attacking player goes to Sheffield United. There's no way they paid the money that they paid for him, and he doesn't get minutes. He didn't score a single goal the entire season, barely got any minutes as the season went along. Yet again, the point is proven. You have to, when you're picking FPL assets, it's very basic. The best starting point is who's playing who's getting minutes and then who's getting attacking points and then who's getting defensive points and um i i think that's kind of like the the cascading hierarchy for me eric do you have a 4.5 million striker in your current game week one squad i do not no and if i think the last (laughs) season has taught us anything and you know we want to remember our previous tip don't rely too much on previous seasons but if it taught us anything it's that you need a really well-balanced squad um, because you're going to be making lots of substitutions uh, based on fixtures and form. And I, I found myself needing all the spots last season um, and benching decent players every now and then just because I didn't want to w- burn a transfer to get them out because I would want them later. But yeah, you, you don't want a 4.5 million player taking up a spot. I mean, even if they are getting minutes, and this was the convincing point to me, even if they are getting minutes, they're probably still not any good. And you don't want just a person there for two points week in and week out because that's what a 4.5 million player is going to give you if he plays every week. And, and, you know, you did have Mason Greenwood a couple seasons ago, but even then, I think it it took something like 30 weeks for him to finally really emerge as a a starter in that that, that team. And it's just the 4.5 million players, it's every year we get kind of excited about them because they tend to be like the fourth best forward on a top six team and they get moved on to some other club. And that, that tends to be where we get excited. And it, it just usually is a, 
uh, recipe for disaster. So that's just a, a very specific but very important piece of advice because even last year, even though I've, I, I feel like we've had this advice on many other podcasts over the years, I even last year was really debating having uh, Ryan Brewster in my early wildcard team. And I, I finally I talked myself out of the last minute and uh, thankfully I did. And the other reason not to do it is because a lot of people also want to do this and those players end up getting transferred out a lot. And so you end up a 4.5 million player something turns into like a 4.2 million player for you. So it's even harder to move them on because their price drops so much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back and we're going to read off our favorite pieces of FPL strategy advice from Always Cheating Podcast listeners. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back. We've done 11 pieces of advice already, Brandon. We used to do just 10 of the podcast. Now we are we are one third of the way through. Okay. Yeah. Josh, so this Josh, is, this there, is, there's, yeah. A, there's a great scene and there's something about Mary where uh, there's a, a character talking about seven minute abs because there's this famous exercise tape out there about eight minute abs. And the guy says, well, what about seven minute abs? You could get these great abs quicker. We went the opposite direction. We get, we used to give you 10 tips. Now we've got 31 tips. This is our version of like, I don't know, 31 minute apps, basically. Yeah, I guess we could have done like 11 tips, right? That might have been the way to go. Uh, 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the next piece, uh, advice tip number 12 comes from FPL Notebook, a.k.a. John, a.k.a. a Patreon supporter and a very nice guy. It says the price point strategy is something I used to downplay. But when analyzing my seasons, I always do best when I can easily move between players because of a balanced squad. Having three six million strikers is great until all of a sudden a Kane or a Guero becomes essential. So, uh, Brandon, do you have like a price point? Yeah, this goes back to what we're saying about the 4.5 uh, million striker is what John's saying is price points are like can show you value of assets but they also exhibit how easy it is to move to other players in the game so 6.5 particularly if like like 
the midfield is often where I find that we're the most active in the transfer window. 6.5 feels like that price bracket where you are mobile. You can shift um, to hot assets, those uh, volatile assets, the the ones that are exploding week to week that we mentioned at the very start of the, the podcast. So I'm very hip to this. I like being conscious of price value, um, A, for the people you're bringing in and B for the uh, ability it gives you to then seamlessly move to other good players in that bracket. Eric, this seems like something that you're very into as well. You just strike me as the kind of person who has kind of like a holistic picture of what you want your squad to look like going into a season. Yeah. So this was something I tapped into last season where I, I started mapping out how many uh, players are within a, a certain price of one another. And so maybe a good example, I don't have the stats for this or the prices for this year in front of me, but uh, for last year, um, like Marcus Rashford, for example, he came in at 9.5 million. There was only one player within 0.5 of him and only four within 1 million of him. So he's just kind of on what we can call like a price tier island hmm. with very few options to switch to if he's not working out. Now, the other Manchester United forward, Mason Greenwood, that everyone was talking about at preseason and ended up not working out, um, was Mason Greenwood. Well, it's okay if it doesn't work out. He was 7.5 million and he had 16 players within 0.5 of that hmm. price and yeah. 34 players within one. So Mason Greenwood doesn't work out, you're fine. You just go switch to another player and you yeah. have so many more options. And it's good not just to think about, do I have all the players I want in my, in my team, but am I within the, the price tiers that give me lots of options to swap off of these players if or when it doesn't work out? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It actually kind of explains why I didn't have Marcus Rashford very often last season. Right? <laughs> right. It's hard to bring those players in too. You know, it's like from, from where you're starting off. Um, Number 13 comes from TRPLR. Do we ever figure out, Brennan, how to actually say that, that name? Uh, clearly, you, say, yeah, you just say Turpler. Turpler, yeah. I'm sure it stands for something Turpler. interesting that we don't know. <laughs> uh, he says, catching price rises are not worth the injury risk. Been burned too many times. You need to be zen and chill and accept the rise. What do you think about that, Eric? Oh man, this is a tough one for me. <laughs> I, I it, it almost runs a little counter to some of the early advice that we talked about about yeah. jumping on the high performing low owner or ownership players. Yeah. Because one of the benefits of that is you're getting price rises really early. I think what you just need to know is do you have a good eye for yeah. this sort of thing? If you don't, if you're like me and you, and and it takes you a little while to predict things um and and sense that what patterns are happening. Don't worry about it. But if if you have a good eye and good at predicting uh, future outcomes, like go for this. This could really help your team. Yeah, Brandon, what do you think about that? Do you think you've got a good eye? Well, do I have a good eye about price rises? Mm, I mean, I know the websites to go to that will tell me about price rises, like uh, fplstatistics.co.uk uh, and the like. Um, but I I... I like to I do like to play the transfer market price rise price fall game a little bit only because it's kind of it can be an easy win during the transfer window. Often there are those weeks where you um, you, you kind of don't you maybe you already know what you're going to do. And then, the, you know, the player you're going to bring in and the trick will be, can you bring them in and, and then get a price bump at the same time? So uh I think it's an easy one, easy win. If you have the time to chart the price rises and falls, um, go for it. Because I always think like at the end of the season, 
team value actually does. There's like one point in the season where team value helps you. And it's when you play your second wild card, usually oh, yeah. uh, in, you know, in February, mm-hmm. March, April. Um, so that, that, that's, that's one thing to think about, but um, yeah, don't, don't let the, don't let the transfer price market woo you into making a, a rash decision, I think is the one warning you put there. Yeah. I would say I'm not a, I, I, I don't pay attention to team value, like pretty much at all. Um, but I, um, and I actually think it's it, it, in general, it's, it, it's, can be slightly overrated, but I, I think, I actually think I, I wish I'd done it a little bit more last season. And maybe this goes a little bit back to the point we had before about, uh, an angry transfer being a, a perfectly fine and valid strategy. I mean, part of the reason that can be a good strategy is like, you're talking about like a 0.4 shift sometimes, right? A player goes up 0.2 and drops 0.2, you know, for anyone who's new to fantasy this year, you know, that's basically what happens is, you know, these prices are not static as players buy them as players buy a player, the price goes up, you know, if, if they started up at eight, it goes to 8.1, 8.2, up in three. Uh, it doesn't usually rise more than 0.3 in a week. I don't know if it ever does actually I think 0.3 might be a cap. Uh, and it can also fall on your end as well. So um, you can, you know, and with 8 million players in the game, with what we had last season, you're just going to see increasing volatility where people are just going to be moving players at numbers that will bring a price rise, you know, into the system. So, um, you know, I, I think that, um, uh, I don't know. So, I mean, I, I think that there's like, it, it's sort of a balance. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm sort of with Eric where it's sort of, you've got to really trust yourself, uh, you know, it, like making a move early. Um, and, uh, you know, so maybe, you know, it, it feels like it's like, you just got to pick your moments a little bit and there can be times when you just want to move early, but I think in general, yes, waiting until Friday, especially during champions league weeks, is just obviously a, a very solid piece of advice. All right. Uh, FPL Jamo number 14, this actually, Eric, I think ties in with your cap and lock strategy. Uh, mm-hmm. He says your good assets might surprise you in a tricky fixture. Yeah, and so this is where you need to just hold on to your your what I call premium price players. You know, um, your Mohamed Salahs, your Brunos, uh, your Harry Kanes. Hold on to them, and also I would say just don't be afraid to captain them on those fixtures too. I mean, if there's something more obvious out there, go for it, you know, uh, whatever gives you the best odds, but these players can score on almost anybody. We, we saw that last year where the good teams go up, you you know, sometimes when we, we see two really good teams go up against each other, there's something that at least processes in my brain that says, this is going to be like a nil, nil draw or one, one, and there's going to be no fantasy points out of this. Yeah. Well, well, why, why do we think that? Because, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times they're scoring just as many goals against each other as they would against uh, some of the other teams. I read JMO's tip another way in that your good assets might surprise you in a tricky fixture is defenders against Man City. Seasons past where I decided to bench Robert Huth against City, he gets a brace. Last season, Stuart Dallas, having a fantastic season, great goal-scoring season as a defender, gets a brace against Manchester City. Your good assets um, apply also to, uh, you know, the mid-range, the price, the mid-tier players on mid-tier teams who have bad fixtures. Don't be afraid to start those good players on those mid-table teams in those bad fixtures because they'll surprise you there as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that especially applies to goalkeepers. This is why I never advise people to rotate goalkeepers is because those goalkeepers could surprise you with a clean sheet or they could rack up a ton of saves and that gets you points too. Yeah. That was a piece of advice that almost made the cut for this week's podcast, Eric. So I'm glad that you, I'm glad <laughs> that you've included that. Uh, all right. Next one comes from 
Uh, Yuri, uh, one of our newest uh, Patreon supporters, says, hold on to your transfers if you really don't need to transfer any player out. Before, I always made myself think I, quote, had to make a transfer each, each game week. I am completely guilty of this. <laughs> I, it's very hard for me. Brandon's almost the opposite. Last season, it was the sort of like the, it almost became like a comedy thing where Brandon was just holding a transfer every single week. Yeah. Uh, it was like like the first, I feel like you always had two transfers yeah. somehow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always shifting mine on. Yeah. Sometimes you would say like, Brandon, are you in a trap of this, this holding pattern? Like it's, it's holding on to have two free transfers every week. It's almost like you're afraid to make a decision. <laughs> and the way the what I was trying to convince myself is, is no two free transfers is great because it's it's a mini wild card oh, uh, every other week. Uh, but I I think the lesson that I personally would take from this and a goal I have going into each week is less uh, um, holding a transfer or not holding a transfer is looking at your team and. Is there something you need to fix? And it could be an unglamorous thing that you want to fix and you don't think it's worth a transfer that particular week. It could wait a week. I am all about real-time action this season. And I think the managers who are using most of their transfers each week are the most active managers. And um, maybe some of them are acting a little rashly. But I think the more active you can be, the better. Yeah. And if you're making more transfers, if you're trying to improve <laughs> your team in that way, I, I don't see how that's a bad thing. So is this the first piece of advice of the podcast that all three of us disagree with? I like, <laughs> I like having a tip that, that none of us actually. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, as, as we said, going into this guys, right, we were going to use I statements and I think, a, yeah. uh, and, and the idea of figuring out what your personal play style for the season is going to be. If all three of us disagree with it, that just means that we're playing a different style than Yuri is. And um, Yuri, keep us posted on how badly you beat us uh, in this upcoming season. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel right now. Yuri, I envy you. That's what I feel when I read your question right now. And whatever meditation plan that is is helping you chill out this much and be patient, just DM me the details on it because I want to follow it. Because I, right now, I'm trying not to take a hit or two every week. <laughs> All right, I'm, I've got a few more listener questions here. I'm just going to kind of read them through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read them all through, and then maybe we can just talk about a couple of them uh, after the fact, okay? So uh, James P. says, you have to go template sometimes, and that's completely fine. Daniel Brubaker says, don't get too enamored with effective ownership. I do want to talk about that one in a second. Jefferson T. says, try to have an escape route out of every transfer. Uh, Kagan says, don't hold out for your favorite players to come through. I feel like that, that's become kind of a recurring theme on this on this podcast. Favorite being different than best. Uh, Byron Bruce says, look several weeks ahead when making a transfer. Uh, and Ian T uh, Simpson says, never captain and vice captain in the same game. Another piece of advice I may disagree with there. But let's go back uh, to uh, tip number 17 first, uh, which is Daniel Burbaker's don't get too enamored with effective ownership. Briefly, effective ownership is all these sites have popped up over the years. Sometimes. God bless the fantasy site. It's a wonderful site. It's it's free. It's a free game. 8 million people play. Uh, it's uh, clean and easy to use, and the, the rules are simple. It does not update very quickly. 
this is a real a real problem uh, that anyone who's who's played fantasy over the years uh, has experienced. And it can be very hard to get real time information on your mini leagues and on how you're doing in a particular game week and all that stuff. So a lot of these sites have cropped up, cropped up like FPL Game Week, which is very one that you and I particularly like. Yeah. Uh, Live FPL, Premier Fantasy Tools. I mean, really, they're they're all fantastic. Um, and what they've what what they popularized was the concept of effective ownership, which is basically how many people own and how many people who own this player started that player this week and they they'll kind of do it in bands. So it'll be like the top 10 K this player is 80% owned in the top hundred K this player is 70% owned top 500,000 and so on. Um, and they also do uh, captaincy. So if you captain a player that week, you effectively own them twice, right? So if you have Mo Salah and his uh, effective ownership in your kind of tier, let's say you're in the top hundred K his effective ownership is 70% uh, and you captain Mosala, then you have 140% of that player. Kind of an unusual concept. Takes a little bit getting used to, uh, but very useful uh, when you want to think about, um, you know, if you're trying to make up ground or if you're trying to play a little bit safe, it's useful to know what the ownership levels are for all the people around you. Um, but I think, and this is kind of what Daniel Perfecker's point is, that people can take this too far. And I feel like last season we saw kind of the tyranny of effective ownership. We saw people uh-huh. afraid to make transfers because the ownership of these players was so high. And I think it really became counterproductive for a lot of people. They were not moving away from players where it was really time to move on because they were letting that effective ownership scare them. What do you think about that, Brandon? Yeah, it, it, there's this tendency to shape the argument of it's it's all apocalyptic as opposed to an opportunity uh if the if the effective ownership is high uh the pessimist says oh my god uh this is gonna hurt me the optimist would say either hey cool i had that player and i'm gonna get a piece of that pie or this is an opportunity for me to captain another player and really gain ground uh and i think even in even in the most template seasons uh, to use some air quotes like last season Sala and Bruno. It wasn't like there was just it was just one player. It wasn't okay. Every week it has to be Van Persie, or every week we have to be captaining Luis Suarez. Typically, there is a se- in a season you've got two dominant players, and there's always a choice to be made. And I think effective ownership can actually show you where the opportunity is to uh, zig instead of zag. Eric, are you? Do you go to these effective ownership sites at all? Do you have you visited them, or do you? Yeah, them? yeah. So I found this really actually helpful last season. I think Brandon and I were in a similar spot where I dropped to like three million really early in the season, mm-hmm. and then over a twelve week stretch, I went from three point three million to I think two hundred two hundred twenty thousand, yeah. um, and I did that really with a very templatey team. Um, and what I mean by template though is the Twitter template. Uh, people that I talk with, people who are doing really, really well. Um, I think it's important to understand that there's a difference between effective ownership, depending on what you're ranked at. Uh, The top 10K effective ownership, and there's some stat websites that show you this, of the effective ownership of the top 1K or 10K versus where your overall rank is. And they can be drastically different sometimes. And so if you're just trying to climb back up into relevancy, with your OR, uh, watching those effective ownerships can be really helpful because uh, you just have to know who you're competing against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a modification of James P's uh, tip, uh, tip number sixteen. You, you have to go template sometimes. Is uh, you you can go template, but only do it if the template is created by people you trust. 
right? Uh, you know, it's 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 fine to go a little template occasionally and, and have a team that looks very similar to everybody else's, as long as the people you're copying are people who you really trust and respect. And it's not just kind of a consensus just because they're um, a famous player or something like that, or they scored a goal the last week or whatever. Yeah, and uh, just like Jefferson's question, I'll just I'm just going to hit you, Josh Narek, with my quick thoughts on, on on these tips. Jefferson's idea about always having as an escape route that goes hand in hand with us thinking about price brackets for our FPL squads and uh, knowing uh, like how you want to model uh, all the different areas of your team. And uh, if I need to move a six point five midfielder, they're part of this sort of family. And if I actually need to move to a really premium striker, it's going to take me two transfers and so on. I wholeheartedly agree with that one. The, the one that's really tripping me up, though, is Keegan's tip of don't hold out for your favorite player to come through. And because Josh, as we've discussed, my goal for this season is to become a more optimistic manager. Uh, I think I can't argue against Keegan here because you can't be so stubborn as to not get rid of a player who isn't performing. However, how do I, how do I marry this with my idea that I want to believe? (laughs) Okay. I've got, I've got an answer here, Brandon. (laughs) Okay. Because you're you're not you're not thinking about you're thinking about this uh, through the lens of a like you you even more than me I think I I have now given myself I'm a slave to the fantasy game you know in a way that I don't always love whereas you are still watching and enjoying these matches yeah um, you know and and you have like favorites and so your favorite player is not like your like the player that you enjoy watching is not necessarily the best fantasy asset. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that, that's where the, the difference is. Right. Because, um, you know, you have, they're, they're, they can be your favorites because they're, uh, you know, a, a 5 million midfielder who's on pens, who is suddenly like super, like, you know, like a couple of seasons ago when, um, uh, Milivojevic like suddenly like took off for Crystal Palace, right? That was like a, you know, like there's nothing sexy about his game, but he just suddenly turned <laughs> into like like a really uh-huh. fun and valuable player to have in your squad, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was he was on free kicks, and you know, it sort of he became a, a favorite, and it wasn't you know that you know he's a, but he was kind of a typical bruiser central midfielder in some ways, but you know he turned into a, a you know to a fantasy favorite. So I think, I think that would be the difference a little bit. You know, you kind of have to separate the, um, the aesthetic pleasure of watching these players versus what they actually do, you know, for your team. And I think I'd just add too, like, uh, you don't have to hold out for your favorite players to come through, like Egan says, but pick one week, give them one week, like, uh, maybe look way down the fixture list. And this is what I did with, uh, Sebastian Allaire and his, uh, what ended up being his final season is I knew his time was probably coming into an end, uh, with West Ham. And, but I had to captain him cause he's my favorite player <laughs> and it's okay. A lot of people did this with Sergio Aguero at the end because I mean, FPL legend and they wanted to captain him in his final, final appearance. And it, it, you know, Hey, it, 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 it can work out sometimes. So, uh, just pick it one time. Uh, just in the spirit of make fantasy fun again. I don't think I can do that, but I think that's really <laughs> cool advice. <laughs> just constitutionally, I'm not sure they're capable. Uh, I really want to get to the MFFA section of this podcast. We have 10 tips left. They're all MFFA, make fantasy fun again tips. Let's, let's take a quick break. We'll get back and we'll talk about how to make fantasy fun again in 21-22. All right, gang, let's take a minute and chat about our friends at Fantasy Football Hub. Visit fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. 
for 25% off the tier of your choice. This is a special deal for listeners of Always Cheating. And if you don't know, Fantasy Football Hub is a site that delivers all of your FPL content needs. They've got the best managers in the game delivering spreadsheets, videos, team reveals, everything. And like we said at the top of the podcast, when you join the hub and you join the Always Cheating Super League, you become eligible for that 1,000-pound mini league prize. At the hub, access the greatest minds managing today, sharing their team strategy with through thoughtful articles and videos. You access all of the data as well. If that's your style of play, if you like to look at the numbers, the hub has real opta stats for you and you can parse them in these easy to use player comparison tools also use their game week planning tools advanced fixture tickers and custom spreadsheets masterminded by the legendary ben krellen use the hub also to chat with other managers including private whatsapp groups also the hub this season has an app so if you need to manage on the fly on your mobile device, the hub is where you want to be. So again, visit Fantasy Football Hub at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always for 25% off your membership at the tier of your choice. And Brandon, just a quick heads up. I, I pulled the Always Cheating Super League code. It's, it's very memorable. Yeah, I'm sure you won't have to write it down or anything. It's 2BNF4U. That's the letter U. Okay. So two BNF for you just rolls off the tongue. That is the always cheating super league code. So go ahead and join that as well. All right, guys, we're back. 10 final tips on this week's pod. These 10 final tips are close to, I think, I think all three of us, I think philosophically this, these tips are are where we are. Uh, Certainly when we're, when we're having fun in fantasy, this is where we want to be. We want to be following the advice in here. So Brandon, why don't you read up number 22? Yeah, 22 is for anyone who plays in a mini league, whether it's with your coworkers, your friends, uh, your family, whomever. Demand regular communication from your mini league commissioner, your commissioner being the de facto leader, whoever's in charge of putting it all together. And there was a quote from Ted Lasso that emerged after the, like, the Italian victory and brutal uh, English defeat. Ted Lasso says, there are worse things out there than being sad. And this is being sad and alone. So I think it is important if you're in a mini league and you've got a commissioner there that they make sure that no one is suffering in silence and suffering alone. And it's also not fun to celebrate alone. Sometimes something you have a good week and you want to celebrate um, with other people. You want to feel like you're part of a community. So uh, I I think it's it's important that... um, that your your interaction remains vibrant throughout the entire season and going along with that like just 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 mini leagues in general this is a great way to recontextualize your season uh you know setting up uh, mini league rivals Josh, we love the head-to-head format on the mm-hmm. FPL site. And this is something you can do at any point in the season. Just set up a, a head-to-head league with, like if Eric, you and I just wanted to do a head-to-head competition starting in game week eight, we could set that up totally on the fly. Yeah. Hey, you just uh, knocked out number 28, Brandon. We're all, we're all set on that one. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah. Like, I just blow through all of these tips. But, um, I mean, Eric, what do you what do you think about in terms of communication from other people uh, in your mini leagues and, and keeping you engaged, motivated? 
Yeah, I think there's kind of two ways to do it. Uh, one can be from like the top down. If you have just a, a league commissioner who's a great entertainer and can put a bunch of stats together, can put like a league report, um, make fun of people while they're doing it, make fun of themselves while they're doing that, that's great. Uh, the other side is more communal. And, and this is what I really enjoy, where you just start a group chat. And for your mini league, you're, you guys are talking all the time, whether that's a group chat uh, on WhatsApp or Twitter or wherever you do that, whatever's easiest for everybody. But just getting the pattern of talking. And uh, what, what's funny about that, I, I was part of a great group chat, a couple of them this last season. Uh, the things I enjoyed most about this last season weren't even about the game. It was just talking. It, it, the game became an excuse to talk to my friends. Yep. And uh, I think that's can that sort of thing can really make uh, this FPL game really fun. I mean, this this really possibly should have been the very first point that we had just overall because it's that it's that important. I mean, if you're not having fun with the people that you're playing fantasy with, it's 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 not impossible to have fun. I mean, I'm sure there are people who are like in you know Nome, Alaska, or whatever, who are playing fantasy, and they're just you know it's just a little more of a struggle to to find uh, a community. At least, I mean, of course, you can always find an online community, but you know, I think that it's it's having finding a way to build a kind of community is is really crucial if you actually want to stay with it for all 38 weeks it's a long season it starts in starts in august uh you're gonna spend your christmas following matches because there's so many you know so many matches going on uh, throughout the holidays and and it rolls right into spring right so to, to stay with it you have to stay pretty dedicated and have people who also really care as much as you do brendan i, I the, what i'm thinking of is eric got me thinking about this was uh the last man standing league in mm-hmm. our um, in our our uh, patreon mm-hmm. uh our, our supporters group and i'm not saying this is a plug or anything like that but it was just kind of I didn't really know about this until it was nearing the end. And they, were, they, had, a, they had a private channel uh, on our Slack, and it was so epic. I, yeah. It was incredible. Like, yeah. I could not believe how epic they were making shirts. And it was like every time someone got knocked out of this league, it was like, it was incredible. Like people yeah. were giving like like valedictory speeches and stuff. And it was <laughs> it was like the dream yeah. of like what fantasy should be when everything goes well. That is what FPL offers as, as you said, Josh, it's a free site. It's like anyone can, there is no barrier to entry. And I think people sometimes fail to recognize you can kind of make it whatever you want. You're obviously beholden to the scoring system that it has, but you can build out all sorts of whether they're, they're different mini games based on the scoring or, um, uh, yeah, there's just so much opportunity there yeah. to make it what you want it to yeah. be. And how did you get a t-shirt when I didn't? I want I, to investigate that further. Okay. We're going like, to, I saw that. On your, I your paid Instagram. for it. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I, I paid, I paid, I paid for it. That's, that's what I did. Uh, tip number 23. Uh, this is one I added uh, myself here. It says, remember the words of free Darko above all things, you must prize the beginning of the season. So Free Darko is a, a legendary, a, re- a real groundbreaking uh, basketball website that was uh, very popular in the, the mid 2000s. And uh, they published a book, a very good book and incredible art. And anyway, I don't want to get I want to get into Free Darko chat here. But Free Darko was uh, kind of groundbreaking in what they they really prioritized kind of just enjoying the NBA, this is kind of this thing about the NBA. It's like, well, you don't have to pay attention to the playoffs. You don't have to, you know, uh, pay attention to the fourth quarter. Like that's the only thing that really matters. And they were like, well, maybe the things that matter are just all of the fun things that happen just in November and in December and in the first quarter game. And you're sort of looking for, for fun the entire time. And I think in fantasy, we don't 
always do that. Or maybe we don't appreciate in real time just how how much fun it is. I mean, this this phase from August to October is is really, I mean, it, it should be like just pure fun. Like you should not be worrying too much about your overall rank at this, this early in the season, because it just, as you, as you said earlier, Brent, it's just not going to impact your season that much. Um, you can, you can, you know, unless you're 8 million overall, you're going to be able to crawl back from almost any overall rank and, and still win your mini leagues. And so you should, you should be having fun. You should be watching lots of matches. You should be taking some chances on some players and some transfers. You should really be prizing the fun that takes place at the beginning of the season and not be thinking totally about game week 38. Yeah, this is uh, I, I like this one because uh, FPL is a game that is just week in week out crushing hope over <laughs> and over and over again. And then yeah. it'll start to build it back up again and then it's going to crush it. But preseason we're all ranked number one overall. <laughs> and it is a great feeling to have that much hope and that many dreams about what you could do. Uh, and, and what I like about this too is, is that, uh, I, I mean, for as, for as much as like OR history goes uh, to show like, is this person going to do well again this year? I think uh, three seasons ago, we had a guy who had never finished above like 700K and won the whole thing. And like this, this is where that hope builds up mm-hmm. in the preseason. Yep, anything yep. can happen. Yep. Yeah, Brandon, do you? I mean, I assume you're you're in line with this as well. Oh yeah, hope hope springing eternal. That is where I want to be. I want all things to be possible, not to be uh, in game week thirty, uh, wondering just like just bailing water out of a sinking ship. <laughs> yeah, and also even just like from like a mental, you know, just like I, I just think like recognizing how fun it is. You know, I feel like that's that's part of that. That's something I have to work on, too. And, you know, you talked about, Brandon, about being less pessimistic. For me, my pessimism is rooted in the actual way that I watch matches sometimes when, I'm, when, I, when it comes to fantasy, taking the fantasy part too seriously, you know, and having these weekends where I'm just on Twitter just kvetching about, you know, VAR mm-hmm. or, or yelling about a player missing a chance or whatever. And I just I don't want to do that this season, if at all possible. You know, I may not be able to help myself when it comes to game week 35. You know, that, there may be no <laughs> stopping that. Yeah. But I think I think the first eight to ten weeks of the season, I might be able to do it. Um, all right, Eric, let's move on to number 24 here. This one's yours. I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah, I'm going to get deep and philosophical with you guys here. Right. <laughs> it is possible. Pay attention now. It okay. is possible to have a great overall rank and not enjoy it at all. But it is also possible to have a terrible overall rank and enjoy the game immensely. What do you think about that? Oh, totally. I- Totally agree. I mean, Brandon, you you were not able to enjoy it immensely last season when you had a bad start. So yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you think? You take it away here. So yeah, Eric, I'm having a little trouble with this one because what we, I guess, initially said at the very, very top of this episode was the best way to have fun playing fantasy is to do well and to win. So yeah, I, you need to convince me further okay. that have it, ha, how I'm able to enjoy a terrible OR. Yeah. So uh, as somebody who has never done, quote, unquote, well at <laughs> FPL, um, and, and when I mean that, I, I, I mean that seriously. I, I think I can understand the game from a distance pretty well, and I've written some good blogs on it. But like my personal OR history is pretty miserable. I don't think I've had a, a, a rank higher than 600,000. And it's because I have too much fun doing stupid crap every single week. (laughs) Like uh, we talked about the full Maverick approach and it's dumb, 
but man, I'm having, I, I mean, listening to, to Josh sometimes finishing in like the top one K sound, you know, Josh, you've, you've sounded miserable cause it's, <laughs> it sounds stressful and I don't envy your, yeah, I would I love to my finish. Misery. Okay, <laughs> I would love to finish in the top one K don't get me wrong. But when, when I'm not doing well, I find other ways to enjoy the game, um, by playing the game and, uh, maybe another way to think about it. Um, especially if you are, are the type of person who invests a lot of time or energy or even money into FPL is, is that you shouldn't invest what you are not also willing to lose. So whether that's, uh, whether you look at the back, back at the end of the season and think, man, I wasted a whole lot of time or energy. Well, there was always the risk that it might not pay off. Um, or what if you didn't win your mini league, uh, your, your cash mini league that you're definitely not in because none of us are, no, um, <laughs> well, if if you never wanted to enter at the risk of losing that money, I mean, you should have never entered in the first place. But if you walk in with eyes wide open, knowing that, hey, I'm going to invest all this time, this energy, uh, this this fake money, monopoly money in, into playing this game, um, and, and you know what you're doing and you know what you're risking, you can have a whole lot more fun along the way, whether or not you you succeed. I, I think that's, I know, Brennan, I'll give you a chance to respond here, but I, I th- you know, when you, when you, uh, we were talking about, uh, tips for this week's, uh, pod, Eric, I, I, I really thought about this one and I, I sort of I was trying to internalize it a little bit too, because I mean, you, you are right that sometimes I, um, you know, I get a little stressed out, especially when I'm having a good season that it's like, I, some of the fun does get stripped away a little bit. And I think honestly, part of it is this, this energy thing that you're talking about, which is that the, the sort of lingering in the back of my head sometimes is like. I cannot believe I'm spending so much time on this. You know, <laughs> it's sort of like, uh-huh. you start to feel kind of guilty about it. Like, ah, oh, like can't believe I'm doing this. You know, like it's I, I, how many more articles can I read? You know, it's, and it's sort of, you sort of, um, but I think maybe you're right that you just have to kind of go into it deciding, you know, uh, that this is, this is you've decided to spend your time on this. I mean, you know, yeah. it's sort of, you mm-hmm. know, there's this idea sometimes and, and I, and I, and I love reading books, but there was this idea sometimes that like sitting down and reading a work of fiction, no matter what it is for five and a half hours is just inherently, valuable, you know, no matter, mm-hmm. no matter what you're reading. And it's just, it's just not true. You know, there's just, there's like a value proposition that's kind of added to that. And it's sort of, I think sometimes we, we sometimes people who take fantasy too seriously and clearly Brian and I do, we've done 250 of these pods, you know, <laughs> right. um, there is, you know, there is a, a feeling sometimes you're like, Oh, am I, am I like, you know, am I, am I wasting my time? And I think, I think this is good. Um, just a good frame uh, maybe to have going into the season. And maybe I'm coming around to this idea and it's making me think of um, Saka uh, taking that pen in the Euro final. And it's, it, it, you think it's a miserable feeling and, and it is for, for so many people you want to win, but you also have to accept the fact that the rules of playing a game, whether you're playing on the field or you're playing a fantasy game is somebody wins and somebody has to either lose or do less well. But, um, the joy of it is you're there and you're participating and you're creating these moments that everyone's going to remember. You know, if you're, if you're taking part in this final at Wembley, uh, that's, that's history. And that's joy. That's, that's joyous. Um, if you're playing fantasy, you're, you're, making memorable moments with your friends and also just having good weeks and bad weeks. And that's all part of part of it. So I'm coming around to this idea, Eric, of you have to embrace the totality of the game if you're truly going to play it at all. 
Yeah. Win, lose, you know, just have fun with it. And, and, you know, looking back on the last season, I can say that I had a lot of fun making my charitable donation to Josh's new chair. Uh, and if, <laughs> if, if I ever get to see that chair, I'm going to etch my name in it. Anytime. We, we, I've got an inflated bed. You know, you can, you can, you can sleep in the chair. How about that? You can, you come out to New York, you can sleep in the chair. That's my promise to you. Um, all right. Let's, let's, uh, there's a great, uh, a great, uh, tip, Eric, and thank you for adding. The tip doesn't feel like the right thing to say. Piece of advice, uh, and thank you for adding that. Um, number twenty-five. <laughs> this is this is a big one for I think for me and Eric even more than Brandon, even though this was Brandon's tip, uh, <laughs> which is to uh, occasionally watch matches without social media. Brandon, do you want to explain your rationale here? Yeah, definitely. And I think this plays into lots of the tips that I contributed to the running order is it's all about trying to figure out how to play FPL, but still when you're watching the football, just watch and enjoy the football itself. And I think when you're watching uh, the live matches while also following Twitter on your phone or a WhatsApp group, suddenly you become a part of everybody else's experience. And if you know, it gets into that, I feel bad because everyone else had a great FPL thing that happened and I didn't. And then suddenly I, I'm, I'm have, I have a different perspective on this game. So to yeah. shut off that social media helps you, it doesn't necessarily make you stop thinking about your fantasy team, but it helps you focus just a little bit more on, on uh, taking in, the the broadcast and enjoying it more for um for the 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 sport of it all so, and so social media just adds that layer of noise which is sometimes fun sometimes gratifying and if you're stuck in your house like so many of us were for the last 18 months sometimes having social media makes you feel like you are still watching with friends and that's joyful but uh you know there's a certain amount of grief involved in Eric, you're you're very active on Twitter. Do you do you feel like there are moments where you you need to sort of retract from social media when oh man you're watching? Uh, I feel like you're trying to pull me away from my gifs. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a painful one to listen to. I, I mean, I will admit that there even today watching watching the final there there were long stretches of the game where I was looking more at my phone than the game, and yeah. even though it was a fantastic game. Uh, and, uh, you know, if it's getting in the way that, if it's getting in the way that way, yeah, it's time to put down the phone. You've taken some breaks, haven't you? I feel like you've taken a couple of breaks over the yeah, last. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken some breaks and it, usually I just figure out when is a busy time in my life that's coming up and do I need to take a week or two off? And, and so I'll put down the phone then log off Twitter for a while. Um, and, uh, still watch the games and enjoy it that way. All right. We're down to the, the home stretch here. Okay. Number 26, decide what kind of manager you are. Are you willing to hit 7,000 RPMs? Oh, Josh, me, are you referencing Ford versus Ferrari? <laughs> you know that I am, okay? This is uh, what, what, this something we talked about <laughs> a couple of seasons ago. We, have, we talked a little bit about the managerial style thing, but I think this, it's important to, to really think about what that means because – in Ford versus Ferrari, there is a, uh, you know, they're going to the, uh, is it Le Mans? Is that the race? I can't yeah. remember any, anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a, yeah, there's, there's, there's a big race and Ford has never really been part of the F1 scene, right? And they designed this, this great car and, uh, they go out there and they, they think they've got a car that can actually win this race. It'll be incredible. Uh, finally, it's Jaguar, right? They're finally going to top Jaguar in one of these mm-hmm. races and they can get it up there and they can do it. Uh, but they have to get, the car to 7,000 RPMs to do it. And when they, when you get to 7,000 RPMs, Christian Bale is the, is the race car driver. 
there is a chance the entire car will explode with you in it, right? It may, it may just kind of end <laughs> the race for you, you know, if you, if you hit this mark. The and, race of life. Yeah, the race of life, exactly. So in, in fantasy, though, there are times when you have to make some really tricky decisions, right? We talked about effective ownership earlier. There's, there are times when ba- basically everybody is counting a certain player. It's a gigantic advantage to be had in some cases, for not captaining that player, right? If you're going for somebody very different or making a transfer that, that that's just that's just kind of totally off the mainstream. Nobody's talking about making a move like this. Sometimes it works out great. You know, I'd say most of the time it doesn't, right? And you have to decide if you're the kind of manager who's willing to blow up the car, in this case, your, your FPL team, you know, by taking a huge risk because, you know, it, it really... Uh, can derail things a little bit. Of course, you can always climb back. But if you're if you're doing well and you've got good momentum, are you willing to keep playing risky, or do you want to consolidate what you've done so far? Maybe you finish third instead of first. You know, and and you, Brandon, you've talked about this before, and you've you, you said you know philosophically, you're not always a seven thousand RPM kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like Eric, Eric is, as has been established. <laughs> um, but do you think? Would you like? Do you think going into the season, Brandon, to be more of a 7,000 RPM guy? Or do you just feel like you got to know yourself and that's just not who you are? I think the answer is somewhere in between. I think it's no – the the reason why in Ford versus Ferrari, Christian Bale is a great race car driver is because he knows who he is and he is able to do that. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be the guy who is just like, yeah, I'll give it a try, and then I immediately blow up. Uh, that doesn't sound like a – fun for me or a very good movie i take Um, offense to that by the way okay well well but no no eric you are i'm saying i'm saying you're christian bale i'm saying you're christian bale and i i uh and actually i would watch that movie if you um um i hope you'd walk away from that that car accident though oh i mean wouldn't it be great if eric finished first this year just like every every forvis ferrari movie that he made just this is my goal this is my goal (laughs) i and this is why the i play or i have played the way that i play and i keep telling myself every year i'm gonna play smart and i never do so i don't have a whole lot of hope that it's gonna change this year but this is the why why i play the way i play is because if i win everybody on twitter is gonna quit and I'm just going to sit there with yep. all my gifs celebrating and, and because – and this happens on occasion. You 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 look at the OR histories of some of the people who finish up at the top and we had a lot of this last season, people who have never done well. But they just caught on to something that nobody else was catching on to. And if that's what makes it fun for you – I mean this could have easily gone into the tip sep- section but this is in the make fun, fantasy fun section. Um, if this is how you can have fun by playing wild and uh, picking your moments to to do some crazy stuff, then yeah. then do it. That's right, Eric. It's picking your moments. This is going to be the conversation around Gareth Southgate for the next week is Gareth <laughs> decided he wasn't going to blow up the car. He was going to play is it. This too safe. soon, Brandon. Too <laughs> right? soon. Yeah. Right. And, and and I think like and, and they were they were a couple of pens away from winning the whole bloody tournament. So. Uh, you there there are moments where you can pick to to take the car up to that height and, and try to achieve more but um you know you do you can get to the final you can get very close to the promised land uh while driving responsibly all right number 27 this is a short one i think we've going into this one too much but i think it's an important thing to keep at the top of your head uh you and i've talked about this before brandon understand that anytime you get a goal assist or clean sheet from someone in your team mm-hmm. it's a small miracle so many things could have gone wrong 
Yeah. Yeah. There are those game weeks where it's like the average score is 28 or something like that. And there are no goals or assists from um, widely owned players. And you think, God, I watched all these matches and in, in, in suddenly it dawned on me, like, how does my fantasy team ever score points? It's bloody hard <laughs> to score a goal. Like, that's why that's why yeah, football like, is so like, entertaining. It's like a basketball game, right? Where it's. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I do take this one to heart for sure. Uh, and number 28, uh, Brandon, you noticed this one earlier, but uh, just a reminder to anybody, if they need a restart, if, they, if they're eight weeks in and it's just not going well, just a reminder, you can start a head-to-head league with a friend at literally any point in the season. So if you just want to just even if you want to do a, a four-week league with somebody, you're like, you know what? Like, uh, I've got some friend who who got into fantasy, but he didn't get into it until October. Well, you and that friend can just start fresh and, you know, in game week five and just and do a one-month league together and see if you like it. Do another one the next month if you want. And there's a lot more variability within the game, like within the the, the free game that they offer uh, than some people realize. So I just wanted to to note that because um, that is sometimes a way to, to like sometimes a way to have fun is to literally stop playing the one game and play a different game. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> precisely. Way to get out. Um, and number 29 is the Premier League season is shockingly long. If you're sweating your fantasy results in August, you'd be burned out by October. But look, we had a lot of burnout last season, gentlemen. Yeah, and I think this gets back to the whole point of like, why do we play FPL? I, I think if you're trying to play FPL for the glory, well, there's, I mean, it's a fantasy game. There's no real glory. And and only- <laughs> Yeah, try, uh, t- try talking to your family about your fam- fantasy results and see, <laughs> see how they look at you. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all gotten that eye roll. But, uh, and if you're trying to make money, I mean, there's a few, there's a handful of people that can make money off of this uh, that, that makes it worth it, but very, very few. We play games like this because it should help us enjoy watching the game more. Um, and, uh, and the season is going to feel long if you're putting all this other pressure on yourself to do anything other than just simply enjoy watching the game. Yeah, precisely. I always think about it. It's like the academic calendar and you have to understand that uh, there will be midterm exams and there will be end of term exams and you, you have to study, you have to know when to study and you know, you know, have to know when to uh, party. You got to pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think that's right. Yeah, it, it's like uh, Herman Hesse's "Beneath the Wheel" comes to mind here, Brandon. You can't, uh, you know, can't take it. You can't. You can't. You're, you don't want to burn out. Okay. Yeah. 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 He committed suicide. Okay. We don't want to. Oh, yeah. That, that's a terrible. It's a work of fiction, but still. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, that's <laughs> grim. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Uh, all right, we got two more. <laughs> we got two more. Two more to go here, Brandon. Uh, yeah. And they're actually both yours. I'm going to let you close out the tips with these final two tips. They're kind of they're kind of aligned anyway. They so are aligned. Uh, tip number 30 is seek out pure watches. And uh, pure watch is in the canon of always cheating. And a pure watch is a match in which you have no fantasy assets playing. And um, this is, Josh, you and I made a commitment going into the Euros that we weren't going to play fantasy Euros. And we just because we needed a break from fantasy and it was a great opportunity for us to just sit back and enjoy the euro matches as pure watches and you don't have to constantly be calculating the odds of you getting fantasy returns or what are other people's fantasy teams doing to impact you i feel like you see often oh well burnley's playing west brom and i don't have any fantasy assets so i'm not going to tune in for that well i would encourage you to actually tune in for that because sometimes it's great to just crack a beer 
and chill out and watch a football match and not have to worry about the implications on your fantasy team, which leads into our last tip, tip 31. And I believe strongly um, in this tip about how can I appreciate non FPL aspects of matches. And, you know, I could sit here and say, well, there is beauty in just being a pure football fan and enjoying the his the rich history and pageantry of the game. I'm going to take you one step further. I am committing to tiny celebrations of non-FPL aspects of the Premier League all season long. Eric, the first non-FPL aspect of the game that I'm going to pay attention to this season is I'm going to see if I can memorize the grass-cutting patterns of each stadium's pitch. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if by game week 10, I'm not working in the grass-cutting patterns of home and away matches into my FPL theorizing, maybe I guess that defeats the purpose of this tip. But um, I'm wondering, Eric, for you, <laughs> what would be what, – what, what's something charming about the Premier League that you gravitate toward that maybe you can just commit to going all in right now just to balance out FPL brain versus non-FPL brain? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, our, our friend Adam Pritchard did this a uh, couple seasons ago where he ranked the the fashion sense of Premier League managers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I should uh, start looking at some sideline fashion there too. Uh, but my personal challenge for you guys, uh, some things that you could get involved in is learning how to pronounce some of the players' names correctly. Wow. Harsh. <laughs> wow. I mean, we could try. Uh, <laughs> clearly, we don't – it is so clear that we don't value it, you know? And I guess if we thought they were listening, then then maybe I would. But, you know, if it's just some random fan listening, then I don't care if they – I mean, we, we try our best, okay? It's not like I, we I actively know, try not to. Listen, I, I – I, the one thing I – the one response I always had to that is one correct pronunciation here is an incorrect pronunciation over there. And sure. uh, I – um. You know, one person's football is another person's football is another person's soccer. And in order for me to pronounce it correctly, I kind of have to know who who it is that I'm mm-hmm. speaking to. And Eric, I'm speaking to you in Michigan. I'm speaking to Adam Pritchard, <laughs> who you just mentioned in London. I'm speaking to uh, our, our listeners in Australia. In, in We have a listener in Kuwait. You know, mm-hmm. what, how do they say Michael in Kuwait? I don't, I don't really know. So everyone needs their own personal babble fish. Is what oh, man, I would love for you guys to, to become fluent in Portuguese, though, and pronounce those names uh, <laughs> like we heard them pronounced during the Euros. I know. I did I did look up uh, on on uh, Lorenzo Ancina, to make sure I was actually saying that one correctly. Insignia? Insignia. See, I, I, even now I can't say it correctly. So there you go. Insignia. Um, all right. So that is 31 pieces of FPL advice. I can't believe we got through this whole thing. Uh, and thank you for everyone who contributed advice. We, we did have to pick and choose a little bit just, uh, just to keep this under two hours, but, uh, you know, I am really looking forward to this season. I am really excited that we have a proper summer that there were fans in the stands today. There's fans in general. I'm hoping that that lasts, you know, I mean, let's, let's cross our fingers, everybody, but it looks you know, it looks, looks good so far, you know? And so let's, let's, let's see what happens. It seems like there's a lot more energy, a lot more excitement. Uh, the burnout levels seems like those that that's reset a little bit too. Um, so I, you know, let's, let's have fun and let's, I, you know, I'm going to try to focus more in the MFFA, uh, make fantasy fun again aspects uh, that we talked about than, 
than the uh, the strategy ones, really. Um, the strategy ones, you know, a lot of that sort of fills in as you, as you go. But um, having the right mind mindset, I think, going into the season is um, is the way you're going to stick with it and have fun the whole year. So, um, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. By the way, absolutely. Uh, you know, my childhood dreams of becoming a professional athlete are long gone, and so this <laughs> this is like Plan B, it's twice fulfilled. And so I I'm I'm thrilled to be on. Well, we're planning to have you on this this season, hopefully as a you know as a recurring guest. So you know, if, if people enjoyed having you on, I think they're they're going to hear your voice again uh, this season for sure. That'd be great. Yeah, and be sure to follow Eric on Twitter at Eric D Freeman F Freeman Eric D Freeman. Uh, full maverick himself the the gif or gif <laughs> lord uh yeah i also want to say thank you to eric and also if you want to say thank you to the cheaters don't forget you can visit our patreon page patreon.com slash always cheating where you can become a supporter of the pod uh and get access to our weekly prize league supported by fantasy football hub an extra ad free podcast every week and join our slack forum for more fpl chat Josh, I'm going to kick it over to you to read through our producer patrons and give them their due. I'd love to. Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Powell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., The Big Gamper, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wegner Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Farber. By the way, thank you, uh, Blair Jacobson. He bought a uh, Always Cheating merch item this week. Uh, Travis West, Victor Farber, Skogang, Paul Hertzig, Kaya Christine Leleng, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markoff, at FPL Merch. Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter. Carrie Swanson, by the way, I tried some new uh, gin this week that we're going to have to talk about soon. It was, uh, uh, I think it was called Gin Pig. So it was a pink gin. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Yuong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FBL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Ram Frost, AJ, Fly You Fools, Jeremy Spiker, and then our two newest Patreons, Lazaros Yanos and Jesse Halstead. Lazaros did challenge us to, uh, to to read his name off correctly on the podcast. And Brandon, Greek FPL mm-hmm. is alive and well now with Lazaros as our uh, as our producer patron. So yeah. uh, thank you to Lazaros and Jesse in particular for uh, becoming new Patreon producers this week. Once again, patreon.com slash always cheese where you can go to support the podcast. And Brandon, I'll even do the final part here. Do if it. you want to find our podcast please subscribe to the podcast and make sure that uh, well, it just helps the pod, honestly, to, for you to subscribe. So if you want to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, whichever one you use or whichever multiple ones you use, you can do it uh, on any of those devices and, or any of those apps, I should say. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters, H-A-L Cheaters. Instagram, also Hail Cheaters. Facebook is facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com or visit the website for all this information and more, including the always cheating league code, but always cheating. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks again to Eric. Brandon, anything else you want to say? I just want to give Eric the last word and uh, hail your favorite always cheating patron saint. Send us home. Seb Haller. Beautiful. Bye, guys. Thanks.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.